you to turn with me for a few moments before we come to the Lord's table. To Psalm 138. Psalm 138. This psalm is very familiar to us, especially one particular verse. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name. For your love and your faithfulness, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. When I called, you answered me. You made me bold and stout-hearted. May all the kings of the earth praise you, O Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth. May they sing the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. Though the Lord is on high, he looks upon the lowly, but the proud he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. You have heard me emphasize this verse perhaps hundreds of times as we have gone through the last 18 months. And I have shared the testimony with many different people. Recently, I had the opportunity to see two of our missionaries with Global Initiative and the Ministry to the Muslims. And they asked a question, what has it been like for you and your church through this time? When a missionary asked that question, I begin with this verse in Psalm 138 and verse 7. That is the verse that the Lord gave us. When all of this was beginning to develop, we had our last Sunday service, which we thought was only going to be for a few weeks, on March the 15th. It was to be our MAG forum, but we didn't have a quorum so we couldn't have the forum. That week as I was praying, praying about you, praying about people like Dot and Modester and those that I knew were working with people who had COVID. I was thinking about Sam and Chris and Aaron and the environments that they are in where there was no way except to be exposed to many people who had COVID. God, you have to promise us that you will keep us. Nothing less than your sovereign power will preserve our lives. We had yet to see it get really bad, but it would in a few weeks here in the United States. But we had already seen what was happening around the world. We had already heard from our missionaries what was happening where they were in Europe. God, I need you to give me a promise that you will keep us. I don't have the gift of prophecy. I'm not a prophetic teacher. I'm not a prophetic preacher. I don't speak words of knowledge and words of wisdom extemporaneously by the Holy Spirit. That's just not my gifting. 
My gifting is to teach the Word of God. But there are times when I know that there has been a thus saith the Lord to me. One such occasion was a number of years ago when there had been a heinous murder that took place in Patterson Park. And I went to bed that night praying about it. And God said to me, I want you to get up in the morning, I want you to go down to Patterson Park, and I will give you an opportunity to speak to the police commissioner. And this is the message that I want you to give him. Not Don Campbell to do something like this. I got up in the morning, I went down at the time of the meeting, and I stood there and waited, and after about a half an hour, the police commissioner came with his entourage. And as I was standing there wondering how I was going to have the opportunity to speak to him, the Holy Spirit said to me, I want you to go over there and stand right there, and I'll give you the opportunity. And so I went over and I stood there, and I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit a few minutes later, and I turned around, and there was no one standing next to the commissioner. He was standing there all alone. Everyone else had moved away. And the Holy Spirit said, now go speak to him. This was one of those moments, the week of March 15th. I knew that I knew that I knew that God was speaking. With this verse, verse 7, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will preserve my life. And that was ours to own. It was a week later, on the 25th. Psalm 55 is the second psalm for the 25th. And in the midst of Psalm 25 is this verse. We see it exemplified by Daniel. David wrote it. Evening and morning and noon, I cry out, and the Lord ransoms me unharmed from the battle waged against me, though the opposition is great. And so it was on that basis that we begin to pray morning, noon, and evening. I love how God works. God not just gives us a promise, God shows us how to see that that promise will come to pass. God's promises don't come to pass passively. God gave all the children of Israel the same promise to enter the land that He had sworn to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that they would possess. Originally, I had thought about going through 1 Corinthians chapter 10 because it's a preface to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, which speaks to us about coming to the Lord's table. But within it is that verse about participation in the blood and the body of Jesus Christ, the food that we eat. And the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians and spoke of the history of Israel and said, They ate the same food. They were baptized into the baptism of Moses, crossing through the Red Sea, a sign of salvation. They ate the manna that came down. They drank the same water, and he was putting it in spiritual terms. They all had the same spiritual exposure. The same spiritual nourishment was made available to all of them. And yet, most of them, did not see the promise of God fulfilled in their lives. 
The Apostle Paul specifically delineates four things that many of them did that caused them to miss the plan of God. And then he exhorted the Corinthian church, don't be like the people of Israel. Make sure if you think you are standing firm, you need to test yourself and make sure that you are standing firm. Don't miss what God has for you. The writer to Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 6 is making the same emphasis. The promises of God are not gained by passively waiting. They are gained by an exercise of faith. And like the children of Israel, there will be one obstacle after another to our faith. Again, the Apostle Paul delineated those in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 as he spoke to them. There was the temptation of idolatry, of sexual immorality. They tested the Lord and they grumbled. They grumbled over the circumstances that they were in. They grumbled about what they did not have. They grumbled about the food that God gave them. They grumbled about the leaders that God gave them. They grumbled about everything. And thousands of them died. And ultimately, God said, no one's going to enter except for Joshua and Caleb. The rest of you, as Paul said, your bodies will be scattered across the desert. Why? Because they did not exercise faith. You remember the story when they got to the borderland of the promised land and the spies went in and came back with their report. It's a great land, but... We're like grasshoppers compared to those. It's an impossible task. We can't do it. Joshua and Caleb, yes, we can. God made a promise. He will keep it. We can't. It's too big. It's too impossible. Forty years later, it would be Joshua and Caleb who walked in that land. Every one of their generation died. See, the promises of God are inherited by faith. God makes a promise, we don't twiddle our thumbs, we go to work. The adversary does this, does that to distract us, to engage us in something else so that we aren't walking by faith, so that we aren't seeking God with all of our hearts. You have heard me say before, I am the only pastor that I know, and when I talk to missionaries, I'm the only pastor that they recount that I can say, no one in my church family died. In our congregation, no one died. Pastor Samuel's experience could well be described by the psalmist in various, the waters have come up to my neck, the cords of death coiled around me, but you heard my cry and you lifted me out of the depths. God had made a promise and God kept that promise. God has exalted above all things, the psalmist said, his name and his word. When you and I pray, we pray the promises of God. When you and I pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. 
It's not just an appendage that we add to the end of our prayer. We are praying on the basis of the authority of that name which is above every other name, every other entity, every other thing in existence. We are praying on the basis of the one who by his death conquered death and rose victorious over it. The one who is the resurrection and the life. And here we are, 18 months later. A week ago in one of our prayer times, on a 7.30 prayer call, India was praying. There was this cry that just poured out from our heart to the Lord. I could have lost my husband, but you made a promise and you kept it. Many of you could say the same thing concerning yourselves, concerning a loved one, concerning your parents, though we walked in the midst of trouble. The Lord preserved our lives. Hallelujah. He was faithful to his promise. As Carla emphasized, there are many people who don't have the experience that we have. I saw a headline for an article this weekend. It was about the last survivor who was pulled from the rubble after the collapse of the Twin Towers on 9-11. And he said, I've been given a new life. What am I supposed to do with this life? You and I have been given a life that 650,000 people in the United States do not have. You and I have been given a future that many who are in overflowing ICUs today will never have. We've been given another opportunity in our relationships with our spouses, our children, our co-workers. We've been given another opportunity in the work of Jesus Christ and the Great Commission. What will we do with what God has given to us? As you and I come to the Lord's table today, the Apostle Paul reminds us that this table means that we participate in the life and the death of Jesus. The bread that we eat and the cup that we drink is the very life of Christ himself. What will we do with that life? We rejoice and we will continue to rejoice that though we walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve our lives. We still need that promise. There is a long ways to go. We may be living with things like this for the future. But God's word will not fail as we continue to seek him. What will we do with the opportunity that we have to serve him? How will we live out the life that he has given us through Jesus Christ?
What a privilege it is for you and I to share the Lord's table together. We have done so and we will do this evening for those who aren't with us this morning, virtually preparing on our own and sharing it with our family. How wonderful to share it together today as the body of Christ. And to say to the Lord, I live because you have preserved my life. And my life is not my own. It is yours. Here's my life to live for your honor and for your glory.